Support for Retconned comes from Roofless Solar, providing off-site solar array communities that produce energy for customers with no maintenance or equipment to the homeowner. Custom solar-powered energy options available for all architectural home styles and also available to business and personal renters. Now available in New York. RooflessSolar.com Winter is coming. Which beer is fit to sit on the Iron Throne? Hello and welcome to Recon, a show about geeky things. I'm Rick Marshall, and today we're talking about beer. Game of Thrones beer. Branding is nothing new to beer companies. Anyone who watches the Super Bowl could tell you it's a Budweiser commercial when you see the iconic Clydesdale horses, or when the now formerly most interesting man in the world comes on screen, you know it's a commercial for Dos Equis. The industry is only getting bigger and bigger by the day, and with that comes a new form of branding tied to pop culture. This time around, it's Game of Thrones, and it's tied with a central New York brewery. Retcon's Patrick Garrett traveled to Omegang Brewery in Cooperstown, the home of baseball. Brewery Omegang, located just outside of the American home of baseball, Cooperstown, New York. It's a Belgian brewery that started brewing ales in 1997. Now, we are going to be getting a little complicated this episode, but I'll try and keep it simple. Back in the 1800s, Cooperstown was the epicenter for U.S. hop production. In case you're unfamiliar with hops, it's what gives beer its flavor and stability. I spoke with brewmaster Phil Lionheart. I mean, some of these beers, like Valor Goulis or even this new one, Valor Harris, they're both like very Belgian-inspired. Those beers, Valor Morgulis is kind of like a, a Belgian double, and Valor Harris a triple. So those beers, especially a Morgulis, could be aged in the bottle up to, I'd say, four or five years. But we're on about a two-week brewing cycle, so what we're brewing this week will be finished and packaged the week after next, two weeks from now. When it comes to the Game of Thrones beer, uh, is there any specific way you go about looking at how to make this taste like Game of Thrones, or is there something else? You know, the way that's happened is generally HBO will come to us and say for the new beer or for some future beer, we would like the beer to tie into either like this character in the show or this event in the show or a place setting in the show. And then we just kind of take that and run with it. We have an innovation department and an innovation manager, and we kind of discuss, like, okay, why don't we try brewing uh, this with, uh, with these ingredients that might tie into what we want to tie into. And then we kind of, like, bounce that back off of HBO. This is what we're thinking of. And they just say it sounds good. And then we go and, uh, you know, brew an initial pilot test batch, taste that. And more often than not, we make some tweaks on that do it do further test batches until we get what we want and then typically hbo will will taste that too and hopefully give their thumbs up and 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 then we go so it's it's definitely a unique way of formulating beer because you're taking your cues from a show you know like i said either place setting uh, character or event in the show and then then we're using our brewing knowledge and experience and skill to use ingredients and or process to make that tie-in with the show. HBO said that the Game of Thrones is actually ending in a few seasons. Um, I think it's a couple seasons now. Obviously the show ends, the beers will probably come to an end. Do you have any other partnership opportunities in the future? Um, Not that I know of at this time, but we're 
we always have something in the back wings. I mean, we realize because Game of Thrones has come to be a not insignificant volume each time we brew one of the beers. So we know we uh, we need to replace that volume. So we have some new beers coming out and we have some ideas of how we can do that. Among all the brew processes, we had to move out of that very loud room. We moved to a quieter place to talk about the marketing and the other processes that involve selling a Game of Thrones beer. One of the things I like most about this series of beers is that it really is such an interesting, creative process. And That's Allison Capoza, publicity manager for Oma Gang. And a creative outlet, too. You know, building beers, creating beers and crafting them around a television show, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. Um, but I'm always impressed, release after release after release, at how our brew team and the, and the team here at Oma Gang that works on these beers manages to develop beers that tie so closely into the show, be it the ingredients or the name or what the label looks like or um, how it's marketed. And um, it's just everything, every release has been so tight and consistent and really Game of Thronesy. I want to talk about the labeling. Who designs these? Because they're all very unique in a sense. HBO generally provides us with the central image for the label, and then the rest of the label work is designed by Larry Bennett, who is our creative services director here at Omi Gang. And Larry designs all of the logos outside of Game of Thrones as well, also the other Omi Gang brands. We work with um, an illustrator uh, who's been doing the really the illustrations for us for about the past year or so. Um, but outside of the central image, that's generally something that Larry does. The rest of the work, the copy and um, choosing the colors, that's all work that Larry does in-house. Now, the, the bottling process itself, besides getting the bottles, cleaning the bottles, applying the labels, and pouring the beer in, what else is needed? I notice you have an old-style uh, champagne style cork at the top. Uh, Why that for this beer versus just a normal cap? Well, I mean, a a number of Belgian beers and where our influence comes a lot. uh, Back to Phil Lionheart. The the bigger bottles, this is a 75 centiliter bottle, are finished with corks and wire hoods. Typically, our bottled beer is a little bit higher in carbonation, and so the cork with the wire hood is a, I mean, it's an upscale image, but it also serves a functional because that wire hood will hold that cork in place just like on a champagne bottle. And it's just a very, you know, it's a very upscale beer with an upscale packaging. Now, I have a general beer question. Why brown bottles? Um, Well, brown bottles will filter ultraviolet radiation more completely than green bottles and definitely a lot more than clear bottles. Uh, And ultraviolet light is an enemy of beer and can react it can cause a reaction with hop constituent, and the end result is you get a compound that smells like skunks. So if you ever hear like skunky beer, like green import beer, it's because it's been what they call light struck. So first and foremost, it protects the beer from that off flavor, and we're quality's number one, so I wouldn't use anything but brown bottles. That was Retcon's Patrick Garrett talking to the brewers at Omagang Brewery in Cooperstown, New York. This has been Retcon, a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio. Our producer is Patrick Garrett. I'm Rick Marshall. You can subscribe to Retcon via iTunes, Stitcher, or the Google Play Store. And please do so. It lets us know you're listening. Till next time.